Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Behind the Edge podcast. I'm Brian, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jacob, Vextos, and Echo Gecko. We completely forgot to do a pocket dump in the first episode, so I want to start off by asking, what are you guys carrying today? Um, okay, <laughs> I'm carrying the Metamorph again today, because, um, I mean, it's just so easy to put in my pocket, uh, and I took did like a three-hour trip today so that's just that's all i carried today so jacob you can go ahead now <laughs> i have the spyderco mcb um i love this thing it's it's so 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 small you got but, that um, customized a, right yeah i had him do some labor engra- laser engraving for like honeycomb pattern on the front and then i had him add jumping so i can front flip it um it is the smallest front flipper i think i've ever <laughs> seen in my life but it actually who did, works who did that customization uh, uh knees Oh, yeah, oh, him. Yeah, he offers <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Straight from the source. Oh, so I just wow, bought I directly from him. So do you do you send it to him? No, I bought directly from him, and he oh. uh, he modified it with his latest batch, <laughs> and then awesome. just sent it out to me. That's awesome. So how much yeah. more did that cost? Um, It was 25 for each thing, so which I thought was a little steep, but it's... <laughs> But it was from him directly, so because I I know I probably could have sent it to you and had you had jimping for like a quarter. You charged twenty five dollars for jimping. It's really it's really rough jimping too. I'm gonna be honest with you. Well, it has to be like, rough because he did it after heat treat. Yeah. Right. So it's it's, but it's like I'm not saying it's badly finished, but I can tell he literally just like grinded in the jimping. That's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And the, the laser engraving, uh, I don't know how much laser engraving costs, but I, I know the jumping was overpriced, but I, I'm okay with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's wild, but I mean, yeah. at least, at you, least like you like it, it I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a neat knife. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, the Mink B is definitely, I mean, one of the coolest knives that um, have yeah, come out been, pretty recently. It's definitely my smallest knife. I think it's actually shorter than my, yeah, it's shorter than a Victorinox Classic. So. Yeah, I mean, one. I mean, the only knife I can think of that's in that same range is like the um, the hummingbird, the Rye hummingbird. Yeah, I've had one of those as well. I I prefer this personally, but the hummingbird's pretty cool too. Yeah. Um, Um, I carried the Ling Ma fail duty today because I can't get the crew carta, so that's the best next best thing, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's certainly not a bad knife, though. That's an awesome, awesome piece. Wait, do you have the one that has the um, the bolster look? Yeah, the, the bolster looking one, like the full type. marble one. I like I like that one. Yeah, that's marble badass. or nothing. <laughs> marble or nothing. Um, what am what I? Are you carrying Brian? Well, the truth is, I was actually taking a nap until I woke up for this podcast, so I wasn't really like carrying <laughs> anything today. Um, but the first thing <laughs> I reached for to play with today was the uh, Kaiser Feist. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not because it's my favorite knife. <laughs> it's because I'm, like, suspicious about it. <laughs> like, okay, so here's the thing. So I got this knife from Spooky Swap, right? The Reddit. Um, for people who yeah. don't know, yeah. um, you can go on, if you're a member, if you're, if you're a member of a knife club, and being a member just means you go on the subreddit. So <laughs> you don't really have to do anything. But um, basically, it's like White Elephant, where you one person anonymously gives a gift to another person who anonymously gives a gift to another person and so on. And uh, Secret Santa. Yeah, Secret, Secret Santa, Santa yeah. is another. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Secret uh, Halloween. So uh, wait, what? Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I got a Kaiser Feist. And, you know, I love the design. 
and I think the construction is good, and I have really calloused fingers. So, like, people complain about the sharp lock bar. I can see it, but it doesn't bother me personally. Uh, the only thing I don't know about this knife is the heat treat, because Kaiser is known to sort of um, not have the most consistent heat treat for S35VN. And I, yeah, I've experienced right. that myself. So, And um, I actually made a YouTube video about this today, but I don't really use my knives that much anymore. I mostly like use knives that I make because I need, I need to test them. So mm-hmm. um, whenever I can, I try to carry the feist so I can just, you know, get a little bit of like a taste of, you know, is this, <laughs> is this properly heat treated or not? So yeah, just some yeah. testing. Yeah. Cause I, I just, yeah. I can't have a knife that's not properly heat treated in my collection. It just bugs <laughs> you me. You ruined it for yourself. <laughs> <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Isn't, doesn't Kaiser's end up, usually being chippy um, I think is what the consensus has been or is it it's, it's, is it the other way no, around it's, a, it's the whole like very like range it's the whole range like so i've heard some people say it's chippy i have had my friend has owned a, a kaiser gemini the s35vn titanium one i have also mm-hmm. owned two of those same exact ones and all three of them right. got dull after like maybe 60 yep. feet of cardboard like just like just nothing just cut a little bit dull instantly like so um there's that problem as well i think there was a, actually an hrc test done on one of them and it came back at like 53 yeah, or something <laughs> oh my god so you've got to be kidding me yeah so you know and i i haven't got that impression from this feist yet but you know who knows right like I, i'm not like scientifically cutting or anything i'm just using it every now and then so you know wow that's wild um, but yeah, okay. I see what you mean though. It's they're inconsistent. They seem to be inconsistent rather than like going one way or the other. Right. They, they just can't just, seem to hit it exactly spot on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard good things about the Feist. seems like a fun front flipper to have. Oh, and it is important to note that, you know, for people who are worried about, cause, um, if you got the old Feist, the one with that swirly pivot, um, there was a problem mm-hmm. where it was hitting the backspacer. What? That was like a yes. that was like a major oh, yeah, they had to do yeah, call but, um, new CQI. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I have the newer version without the swirly pivot, so and it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't hit at all. It's like I can I can very easily see the space between the blade and the uh, and the backspacer. So like like with my eye, I can just see that it's not touching. So yeah. <laughs> there's well, no problem. Um, it's literally that's like good. it's honestly an awesome knife. I'm just worried about that heat treat because it's the one thing I can't visually inspect and be like, oh, it's yep. good, you know. <laughs> Like, until I use it, I'm not going to know. Yeah. Um, well, you'll have to let us know how it goes. I, need, I know you beat the crap out of your knives. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the problem is that this is technically a sentimental knife. It's my first spooky swap. And I right. don't beat on my sentimental knives. So, you know, I only use it when I need to. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a while before I know if it's actually, like, good or not. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's fine. Yeah. So, but that's what I'm carrying technically yeah <laughs> okay so next is uh housekeeping yeah so yes. yeah vex uh vex upgrade is mike and now we're all natively recording so we're all recording to our own um audacity file so it should be much more pristine quality there should be less yeah, it doesn't sound like i'm in a on. tunnel no more so, so that'll it's pretty, be pretty good yeah well it does <laughs> to us but no <laughs> no I'm um but so yeah, it's, it's going to be um, from here on out. It should be pretty good 
quality audio wise and um you can also so now you should be able to find us on youtube spotify google Podcasts, breaker.audio and radiopublic.com and hopefully by the time that this podcast airs iHeartRadio. that's, that's a dream. what i'm hoping mm-hmm. um well, we're yeah. real now yeah i know right it, it's it's pretty fun I'm, I'm really happy with how it's going and how it's growing um so if you have any questions you want us uh, want to ask us for the podcast, you can uh, direct them to behindtheedgepod at gmail.com. So it's just behindtheedgepod, all one word, at gmail.com. Um, and so I kind of want to bring, you know, segue into, we did get one, uh, some questions from last podcast in the YouTube comments, which um, I keep track of. So Harquit, um, you guys know Harquit. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he asked us the question or two questions. First one is, what is the most underrated aspect of nice knife design and production knives today? And then he asked the next question, what's the most overrated aspect? Oh well. So first off, yeah. I Harquit, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing is, you know, I think that that's a that's actually a really good question. Um, because it does sort of connect to what our topic later in a sense, right? Cause what we individually perceive to be underrated or overrated are things that will affect mm-hmm. how we collect, right? Like if I think something's overrated, I'm not going to collect that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a good question. Um, does anyone want to start? Ergonomics. Ergonomics. Um, that's the most underrated by far. <laughs> so like, what do you think uh, about I'll agree ergonomics? with that. Um, like what aspect we're of We're in the ergonomics? day and age of knife making where you need to stand out. And you see it with a whole bunch of new designers. They want to stand out with the designs. So they make some form over function uh, choices, you know? And that's yeah. cool and all. But when you actually get to use the knife, all those crazy cool lines might not feel the best in your hand, you know? And at the end of the day, if you're buying a knife for the design, you're probably not going to be hard using it. Let's be honest here. But that's right. yeah, that's true. And. That, you know, I have a point related to that, which is because um, I think ergonomics, I also agree that it's super underrated. Um, I think it's underrated in this by uh, the makers as well in the sense that sometimes they don't realize that little things they do um, can be bad for long-term use. So the, the, a good example is the millet torrent that I, um, you know, I cut all that, you know, I cut 800 feet of triple wall cardboard with it. And um only because I cut so much with it did I realize that the uh, steel lock bar insert, how it protrudes from the lock bar, um, that can actually cause blistering on your index finger. And like little things like that, which it, it would actually not hurt the design whatsoever if that didn't protrude. Like if it was just made yeah. flush with the lock bar. Yeah. So that could just be an improvement you could make um, if yeah. you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh that ergonomics are one of the most underrated aspects of knife design, uh, mainly because um, that's something that I look for in all of my knives now. Uh, you know, like I, I collect a lot of spider codes because a lot of spider codes um, I feel like appeal to mm-hmm. me ergonomically, like the Manix and uh, whatnot. And I feel like a lot of people um, in the Discord uh, talk about uh, ergonomics, you know, in any case really like that's it always ends up like they end up saying man i love this knife that i just got but ergonomically now i've got a blister on my hand you know yeah 
That, that happens so way too like often, honestly. And ergonomics yeah. to me nowadays, it includes things not just your handle grip, but things like is the lock bar cut out like easy to access? Is it sharp? You know, all those are included mm-hmm. in ergonomics to me yeah. nowadays because they're things that makers aren't exactly. getting right. So, mm-hmm. oh, another um, thing I want to say is jimping. Yeah. Jimping is a very, it's a very, you know, people want it or not. You know, I think jimping is isn't necessary, but you can't complain about jimping being sharp because that's literally the whole point of jimping. Like, is so your hand doesn't fall off the, <laughs> yeah. the knife. You know, so. <laughs> I think I think jimping can be yeah. well done. I think I what I like are those um, shallow but slightly yeah, sharp yeah. jimps, um, not those like. You know, like where it's like literally like mountain yeah. peaks. Like I hate yeah. that because <laughs> uh, those that, yeah. that falls into ergonomics. I think though it as does. A whole. Yeah. So you know, um, one thing that is actually related to ergonomics, and this is what I'm going to put out as the most underrated aspect of of knife design, um, is just like the grind and and like the thinness behind the edge. Because what I have found is that even when a knife has ergonomics that aren't stellar, if it's thin enough and it cuts well enough then I don't notice it for such a long time anyway because the knife just cuts so easily. Because you only notice an ergonomic flaw when you're putting, like, when you're gripping hard and you're, like, putting force into your cut. Like, that's when yeah. ergonomics really start to yeah, matter the most. Yeah. So if you can cut no, easily... that makes sense. Yeah, if I can cut easily, it's like, I don't even notice the ergonomic problem yep. for a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why a lot of people like you, Brian, are so interested in the behind-the-edge measurements and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And the, you know, the blade grind itself. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what would you guys say is the most overrated aspect? Um, for me, and, and this this is not entirely overrated, but I think too many compass, uh, companies are emphasizing um, their steels that they're using mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. how, kind of like Brian mentioned, how those steels are ground or how they're heat treated. So you can have something like S35VN that is a premium steel but if Kaiser does it, it's going to be soft, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Or um, companies just bragging about D2. It's a fine steel, but they're better out there for the same amount of money yeah. or less. Right, and heat um, So I think too many buyers well. look into that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But but for an average consumer, they see like M390, for example, and they're all over it. But if it's done by some companies, it doesn't really matter. The name, You're just yep. paying for yep. more expensive steel, yeah. Yeah, and that's, it and doesn't that's work. A completely, I completely agree. That's the funny thing is that um, – but. People who make knives, like companies and makers, they know that it's overrated by consumers. So they, that's why they keep using those steels because they know it sells. Yeah, yep. of course. Yeah. It's like a marketing point at that, that point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that I would say is overrated, um, at least in my opinion, this is this may be a little bit controversial, um, but I would say like at least um, companies pushing – bearings in their knives is a little bit overrated at least in my opinion you know because um personally i just feel like uh and i guess this is just a personal preference but personally i feel that uh washers are just more uh viable in a knife just because i don't have to take uh take apart my washer knives nearly as much as i do my uh bearing knives yeah yeah i mean i straight up cannot use i i like bearing knives for edc and playing around but I cannot mm-hmm. use them in my workshop. Like, I just can't. Like, they get dirty yeah. so fast. Yeah, so if you're doing outside work, I mean, that's that's when I really just don't I don't pick up my bearing knives. So I guess, you know, when it comes to, you know, like, 
when people are like, wow, it's so drop shutty and you know, whatever, I guess I just feel like that can be a little overrated. I think, I think you're right. I think action is overrated. That's what mine is. I think, (laughs) yeah, I think, um, to me, deployment is way more infinitely more important than the drop shot just because a lot of people, some people prefer soft detents, but I've had cases where I've had soft detent knives and they've opened in my pocket and I have cut my hand because the detent's so small or soft, yeah. you know? or, or you try to, you know, launch it out and it doesn't exactly. come out. <laughs> yeah. That sucks yeah. too, man. That yeah, there's definitely a sweet spot you need to hit for a detent. It's, it's subjective, obviously, yeah. but mm-hmm. I prefer a hard one. Right. You mm-hmm. want it to be, and the yeah. And the drop shut thing, um, at some points they can get to where, like, yeah, it's it's cool and all from a fidget perspective, maybe, but there's some points they can get to where it's like oh, yeah. almost dangerous. Like my mm-hmm. Spider Co Python, the blade <laughs> is heavy, which I think is part of what helps this. But it it literally, if you get it past the detent ball, it slings down. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've almost cut myself several times just closing the knife in normal use. No, that's how my that's um, not okay. ZT, my ZT0801 Ti. It's exactly it's a huge fat heavy blade and it's you know it slings down it drops shut real nice but i've had it come down uh on my thumb before without you know pulling out of the way fast enough and so yeah, it's not fun yeah and, yeah and the question is do you really want to be on a ladder doing work and like you're one-handed trying to close this knife yeah. <laughs> you know like no it's just i don't know mm-hmm. i mean drop shut is just not for me i like a controlled shut um not you know gritty hydraulic, or anything yeah. but you're know, obviously <laughs> smooth right hydraulic yeah um, that, that's I'll, what I I'll take it on like a compression lock or something where my hand's out of the way. Yes, but if I'm up yes. in the lock bar, compression no. lock is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You know, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. So for a compression lock where your fingers are out of the way, yeah, for sure, drop shut, right? Like that, that's just better. But um, if your fingers are ever in the, the path of the blade, it just doesn't seem optimal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's yeah, where OTFs, that. that's um, where they come in because they, they are the best <laughs> opening and closing knives. You hate them or not. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's, I guess that's true, yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, if they were, yeah. yeah. And if they were exactly. legal. Unless you don't want to prison, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think you could say that the best knives for uh, action are um, oh, fixed action. blades. <laughs> yeah. Out of the sheath. <laughs> <on. laughs> no. <laughs> Pulling it out of the that's sheath. Funny. No, I'm, I'm I, kidding. Um, I do want to say there's one more thing that is overrated, actually. Most of the things that are overrated are handle based, and most of the things that are underrated are like blade based. In my oh, opinion, like people don't care about the blade for one. some reason. But uh, but um, but in terms of the handle, I think materials are sometimes overrated in terms of how much they're worth. Um, in terms of price, I think yeah. that sometimes people are willing to accept increases in price for a material that doesn't actually cost much more. Yep. Uh huh. They're like they're like hugely overvalued. Right. They'll be right. like, oh, you know. Um, titanium so it's going to be this much more like you know and i'm just like i don't know like i look at tucson and i'm yeah. like uh, is that infinite p- supply you know, is the ty- is unless the titan- it has a ton of milling yeah, it's just not going to be difference? yeah compared to other Chinese especially if it's just slab-sided titanium or something you know it's not going to be mm-hmm. it's not that bad yeah. No, I, I, that makes sense. I mean, well, you can look at stuff like steel wheel, like the steel wheel cut jack, and you're like, you know, what you're getting, like D2 in that knife versus, um, there's a Wii lineup that does D, D2 knives that were like $100. That's like a $40 difference in a cut or jack. Medford. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. HRC, exactly. Too, okay. That's that? a better, that's, <laughs> oh, yeah. No. And there's, yeah, there's that's also a better point. <laughs> 
There's also the fact that if you look at, um, for example, people were really hyped about uh, the M390 morph, right? M390 metamorph because it's in like yeah. what marbled carbon fiber yep. or whatever, right? Um, yep. And for me, I'm like, I don't know if I'm hyped until I see it because marble carbon fiber itself, the, the quality varies so much, right? Like I've seen yeah. a lot of voids in it before. Yeah, exactly. It can be terrible or it can be great. And so when I look at it in a cheap knife and people get excited, I'm like, I don't know, like if it has voids, if it's not like a good pattern, um, I don't know if I'm that excited about it un- until I see it, you know? So I, I think right. I think there's a lot of hype without verification. Yeah. That's the problem. People aren't verifying. I mean, hype. it might be. Well, there's also, you know, you might get that um, carbon fiber morph and it will be a different quality than someone else's, you know, because there might be a variation in the uh, yeah, exactly. manufacturing. Right. We don't we don't yeah. know who they're sourcing from or anything. Yeah, I think like, people need yeah. to realize that yeah. there's a ton of different people making these materials. It's not like it's one big company, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I think this is a good time to move on to uh, the upcoming knives and news section of our podcast. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, definitely we have to talk about the one thing that's happening this weekend, White Show West. Um, yes. That's kind of hype, not going to lie. Uh, I mean, it's it's a little – it's not as exciting as the real, <laughs> yeah, the real one. Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is pretty exciting. The real um, White Show. So uh, I think we're starting with what, we and Civivi? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, so yes, yes. definitely want to talk about these backlogs first from Civivi. I think that's the hottest thing. That's uh, Oh my god, I want one so bad. Yeah, that's definitely the hottest thing coming out. It's not we, it's Civivi is has the coolest thing. Um Yeah. So we're we're um, all looking at the same picture right now, but basically there are yes. uh one, two, three, four, or five variations of this backlock. It's like a Bowie blade, um traditional like buck look uh, kind of like a buck 110 location backlock um with a bolster mm-hmm. and a different handle material on each one and these are what's unique about this is that it's a budget line and also the handle materials just oh, yeah. look good they look great right? like just from pictures these yeah yeah it looks yeah it looks great for what it is you different know? types of um, carbon fiber different types of micarta the color combinations they work the, i mean yeah. It's, Probably the best yeah. looking, best looking Civivi um, in their lineup. I it's personally, yeah. I think. by a mile. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, this knife actually has me going. Wait, I might own a backlock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into backlocks, honestly. I'm not. But yeah. this knife has I me actually, going. Like that's kind of impressive. Uh, so I actually just gave away my uh, Buck One Ten Slim, uh, mm. which I honestly really liked. But there were some things that I just wasn't a fan of. This is going to be a fantastic replacement for it. Um, oh, instead yeah. of me going up to one of their like hundred dollar micarta versions i can probably get this for i'm gonna go on a limb here and say yeah. sub hundred dollars for sure oh yeah probably like um, oh yeah to be yeah, that's what looks i looks better thinking. too yes yeah. and no definitely definitely i think it looks better I mean, than the one we're going to talk about next which is also a backlog and it's from me i'd say so yes i would agree with that yeah i'll argue with you actually if this wasn't a backlog i would love this yes um it looks really like tanky however the backlog thing that yeah, it's it out of place. Fit, definitely, in my opinion, it right. looks like it looks it, odd. It, it's weird. It looks like it should be a liner lock. Yeah, and so yeah. just uh, really quickly, let the viewers know this is the Blocao B L O C A O Wee Knife Model Nine Twenty, and um, it's basically kind of the same thing as the Civivi, except not as cool. <laughs> it, I actually yeah. just saw the blade length stat on this thing, and it is oh, it is oh, gosh, I might have, I might have to get one anyway. It looks um, like um, it reminds me. I don't know why. I it, it reminds me of this that CRKT Crawford Casper I had in terms of the 
size and kind of the shape of the handle. I don't know why. That's a weird comparison to make, but that, that's what it gives me vibes of. One thing I hate. I really hope they is, do different variations. I hate of that it. lanyard hole. I hate it. Get rid of lanyard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of me. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. People that are actually like super into knives and actually use them a lot don't exactly. touch just lanyards. Like... <laughs> they just don't mess I, with them. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I mean, because think about um, it. Like, how does that? Like, I'm not. I'm not hating on it, right? I, I like lanyards. Sometimes they look cool, but how does that like Darth Vader lanyard bead really help you perform? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, I I can I'm going to defend those people a little bit. I mean, they might, you know, stick it in like their little change pocket of their uh, pants and it's easier for them to pull out the uh, like lanyard rather than to hook it onto sure. that. I don't think pocket. you'll have a problem pulling out this knife, though. Four <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't I don't I don't think this is one of those knives that need a uh, exactly. lanyard. <laughs> I, I have one lanyard and it's on my benchmade proper because it doesn't have a clip. Um, so I'll kind of hang the lanyard out of my pocket, but I don't have, it's not very yeah, long. Yeah, it's like that makes sense. Inch. But, but now, this thing, no, there is something <laughs> no, important no, no. to note here. So the Civivi is for two handed opening. It just has like a nail nick kind of thing. Right. Uh, but mm-hmm. the, the blow. It's, cowl, well, it's a fuller, right? Yeah. Fuller, but a, the blow cow, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, the blow cow is, uh, has a thumb stud on a backlog yes. and we've seen this before right like the cold steel recon one the cold steel code four um in my experience it, it's not a combination that works very well i don't know what you mm. guys think about that i had it on my buck it the, the, the slim comes with a thumb stud mm-hmm. um it worked okay but it, it was never close to being smooth or enjoyable to deploy so if you're looking at that and thinking oh it's gonna be great now it's gonna be a terrible fidget knife this is probably gonna be a decent work knife but yeah. It's not going to be fun to I open. Just, yeah, I'm looking at this right now, and I mean, like, um, it does look like it would... I would prefer it to have been two-handed opening, um, but I don't know. We're just going to have to see. You know, we're going to have to get it in hand or something, because I, I just can't tell. Oh, I'm just not going to buy it. Like. <laughs> I'm going to check it out eventually. No, I'm buying uh, that. I won't buy it. So, I'm buying that Civivi. Like, the Civivi is too similar to the Blowcow for me to be like, I want the Blowcow, you know? Like, Civivi just... Except in size. It's going to be... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm right. guessing the Civivi is going to be under three-inch blade, probably 2, 2.5, 2.75. This thing is going to be monstrous. I would love to try one out, personally. Right, it, I, I doubt I would keep it, yeah. but... Isn't that kind of I'm, I'm guessing. Though? I'm like how the the blowcow just has like regular like you know marble CF I guess, and then the the Civivi one has like all these different really cool micartas and CF. But the Wii is like probably going to be what four or five times more expensive. <laughs> yeah. That's like oh yeah. So um, to our viewers, we haven't said it, but the overall length of the blowcow is nine point three three inches with a blade length of four point two one inches. So it's, it's kind boy. of a beast. Huge. Um, yeah. Uh, S35 VN blade steel. So uh, typical Wii, you know, S35 yeah. VN, which, uh, you know, okay. Um, yeah, they, they yeah. stopped using a lot of M390, right? Oh, wait, that's yeah, actually interesting. Lately. What's the next knife? Um, so the next knife we're looking at is called the uh, oh. Hecate. Oh, shoot. I messed up the uh, Google Doc. Okay. You're, you're good. It's okay. Hecate? Hecate? Is it, is it Hecate? <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. Hecate? Hecate? I just feel I like Hecate is like I'm, I'm going to call it the Hecate. Or something. I think Hecate. <laughs> yeah, so this knife up. is, um, yeah, what is it, imagine. Model 922? And, I mean, first of all, it's hideous. 
Like, let's just get oh, yeah. that out of the way. It's it's hideous. Um, I'm trying yeah. to get it so that we can <laughs> yeah. see the blade. Hold on. Did I do it? it okay, it's I did pronounced, it. It's pronounced Hecate. Oh, is it really? Yes. Okay. It's, uh, it's a... A goddess of magic, witch, uh, witchcraft, the night, moon, ghost, and necromancy. Um, wow. It's a Greek goddess. Oh, Greek yeah, goddess. I heard of that. Okay, so why are we pronouncing? So that's what it's named after. <laughs> okay, so we got the Hecate, and it is in mm-hmm. CPM twenty CV. So there, it's not M three ninety, which is interesting because you know it's Chinese knives right. have used M three ninety instead of the other variants for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've been hearing a lot about a shortage of M three ninety. Mm-hmm. So really? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's apparently been a shortage of M390, and so that's why even uh, for example the Weenar, I think they <laughs> wanted to do it. In M- <laughs> yeah, I think he wanted to do it in M390, but he ended up doing it in S35BN because they told him if you want to do it in M390, you have to wait longer uh, for the production to finish. Lion still took it all. So they, they have all the M390. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the so, Italians um... stealing all the M390. <laughs> 20 CV is all right. I, I'm okay with 20 CV. Oh, I don't have any problem um, with that. I just thought it was interesting yeah. that, you know. Better. It yeah. is interesting. No, I agree with you. I haven't seen um, I haven't seen any Wii 20 CV. No, they don't have any. Do you know of any? They don't Off the top of your no. head? Interesting. Yeah, this is the first one. Um, this, so this Hecate looks very um, similar to some of their other designs. Um, I forget what they're called because uh, they were all Yeah, it reminds me of the before. D2 one. They had a D2 one that looked like that. Yes, yes. It's one of the, like, 600 series um, Wii knives uh, that looked like this. Um, it's kind of like a... That, uh, it's hard to explain, really. You can say... The handle's got <laughs> this weird, like, wavy pattern in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a blackwashed uh, whole knife. Like, the whole knife is blackwashed. Um, what it's would you call that blade shape? Yeah, sheep's foot with a harpoon. <laughs> Just, um, I don't even know what to do with that. It has a it, it has a uh, it has a thumb hole which is just not going to be able to deploy it. I'll tell you nope. that right now. Mm-hmm. And it's got a weird, very weird shaped flipper tab that is the same same shape as the thumb hole. Like it it does not look like it's a thumb ugly. Knife to use. Well, Personally. there there's there's a couple of it's things ugly. that um sort of they come out to me as oh this is not a good design. Like besides the looks, right? So the first thing is when you look at the flipper tab, um, where your index finger would be, that's gonna be a hot yeah, spot. It's, gonna be it's just gonna be when <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Yeah, it's just gonna it's just gonna be into your finger. Like that's just not gonna be good. Second thing is so um, based on the location of that thumb divot, right? You see that there's a thumb ramp, right, going up to the that thumb mm-hmm. hole. That's fine, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's so high, and then there's a point that if you want to use your index finger on the spine, you're not gonna be able to reach over that tip. So it's not yeah. you're not going to be able to choke up with your index finger and do like fine detailed tasks. It's just going to like mm-hmm. be super uncomfortable for no reason. Um, and with right. that harpoon, that would actually work really really well for index finger cutting. Yeah, so if they, they just didn't have that thumb ruined that, that random thumb hole thing, um, it would have been a lot better. So I don't I don't even know why it's shaped the way it is. It's shaped kind of like a weird pentagon type. Yeah, shape. it's it's, yeah. it's, it's odd. and then there's two like more it. problems. Uh, the, the first one being that – well, this isn't a problem. This is, I guess, technically subjective. But what they did is um, a crappy version of a rock pattern on the handle. And so <laughs> instead of doing it random, they have it moving inwards, right, all into the same direction. Yeah. Um, it looks like shark fins yeah, or that's, something. Yeah, that's like actually that. – yeah. if, you, if you watch some, like, you know, 
the videos on YouTube on like how to do a rock band are like rule number one is don't do that actually <laughs> like they say like do not follow the curve of the handle just keep going straight and ignore the curve of the handle and it'll look more natural so I think it would have been yeah. better if they just tried like either a completely random rock pattern or like an anzo pattern or, or no pattern mm-hmm. uh, but anything but what they actually did would have been better so I yeah. made this joke before but it looks like a CRKT to me personally it it, um, it, it and is it's not in a good way. <laughs> it's like a higher quality <laughs> <It has> <laughs> glass breaker. I just noticed. Yeah. What? Oh my god! It oh does. gosh! Oh no! <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Didn't I? I pointed that out to y'all. Uh, oh yeah, yeah I, remember. I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah it looked kind of weird Why? too. Oh wow! Yeah, it's got a glass breaker. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know what we is trying to go for with this. I don't know what. And a lanyard hole. Like That's excellent. <sighs> yeah. Wait, is that glass breaker on the yeah. lanyard hole? Yeah. Yes. So you're basically putting the point of impact at the weakest point of the steel, which is a hole. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next knife. Um, so the next knife we have is uh, some Ferrum Forge, I think, collaborations. Yeah. With yeah. me. Ferrum Forge collaboration. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay. Um, I they, look, like they look good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't gonna. I was trying not to say anything, but yeah. If, if you're curious, go look be. at these they pictures. Have to be. There's no way they don't know what they're doing anymore. Oh my gosh. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, they they look they look very ferrum forged. That's that's all I have to say. You mean phallic? They really feel very natural in your hand. Oh no. <laughs> we we uh, we did we did a. Um, we did a uh, dis- Discord pass round of a uh, Ferrum Forge um, something. Fortis? Uh, Fortis, yes. Thank you. Um, we did the uh, Ferrum Forge Fortis, uh, the Wii version. So I I will presume that this will be very similar in quality to that. And that knife was great. And it was a little bit on the expensive side. So um, here's, here's my deal with nice. when I look at this, okay? Because... When I when I see a Fair and Forge collaboration, one I know it's going to be marked up like crazy, right? So it's going to be pretty expensive. This is not going to be a cheap knife. Um, if you look at the Mordax yeah. and stuff, I mean, like Ferrum yeah. Ferrum Forges in general are already expensive knives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. So that's the first you thing. Know. So I'm I'm saying okay, first I'm going to be paying more than I normally would for this knife. The second thing I look at is mm-hmm. okay, the milling pattern is atrocious. It's just that's yeah. just not a good milling uh, pattern. I don't know. I it doesn't it's vibe with interesting. Me at all. Th- it looks very uncomfortable, to be honest. Well, I'm trying to think of what I would describe this milling pattern as. Um, oh, I can find a couple <laughs> words to describe it. It looks, it, it looks like a super dense keyboard. Oh, oh the middle part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you file oh, thing so, on that okay. milling pattern. Oh, <laughs> on it, it looks like. <laughs> Yes, no, that's you're right. Yeah, you, it does look like you can file your, um, Sharpen your nails on, on that. Right. The yeah. other thing is, I'm not sure what the cutouts are for. That's weird. If you get rid of that, <laughs> like imagine this is a plain handle that is, and imagine it isn't horrendously ugly for a second, right? Just imagine a plain handle. Um, if you look It'd at it, really, cheaper. it's not much different from any of their other designs. They all tend to just be the same thing: drop point, <laughs> like titanium slab. Just but this one has don't, a, don't a tiny <laughs> recurve, though. People are going to get triggered. Right, exactly. This one, uh, the only difference... got a baby yeah, recurve. The only difference I can see between this one is that they added an unnecessary recurve. Which it I actually reminds buy. me a bit of, like, the subvert yeah. blade. At least the subvert yeah. went all in on just their like blade. The top this is, like, so pointless. Is, oh, yeah, has, oh, yeah. 
This has that recurve where Nick Shabazz would say that he's angry at it because yeah, it doesn't commit to being. I agree with that 100. Well, percent Yeah, well, it also it, it transitions into the finger choil, right? And so it's like, yeah. what is this supposed to do, really? Right? Like, I think it just makes you catch material easier at the finger choil. Yeah. Like, it just yeah, it's kind of steering it right at it. Yeah, I'm not really sure if that's mm-hmm. like a good decision. So I don't, I don't know, but. I don't know. We'll have to see on that one. Oh, um, no. This is another knife I'm never going to see. Just <laughs> later. <laughs> Brian, Brian, you never know. I, I There have been a million knives that I've said, oh, well, I'll never look at that. But then somebody yeah. ends up sending it to me. Uh, so. That's fair. I mean, if someone else likes it and then they're like, Brian, you want to try it out? I'll be like, yeah, sure. You know, but yeah. I'll, I'll pay $8 just to badmouth the knife more. Why not? Play $8. <laughs> um. What's what's this next knife? Um, this is the 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 Riazio. Riazio, I don't know what's called. Riazio, 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 Riazio. All right, Italian or something. Model nine two one, another CPM twenty CV knife. So that's really interesting. Now this one I like a lot. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, that blade like hurts me. The 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 crazy compound grinding is. St- stupid but with compound um, spine yeah with the compound spine but for some reason i like the i just like the shape of it i could i mean i'm gonna if, tell you the silhouette yeah. looks fine right the silhouette's good um and also um, i don't know I, it's attractive to me i don't hate the fact that they use two wee pins you see that yeah wee wee yeah wee-wee. i, I kind of like the wee wee uh it's so. kind of cool <laughs> that's that's not I like, bad it seems like it seems like the the Wii Insignia is also smaller too, right? Yeah. I think they could have um, knocked, knocked this one out of the park if they had used a non-compound grind. If they had just done a normal grind uh-huh. on it, I think it would have been yeah, a really nice knife, a actually. Normal, it's got yeah, a really cool-looking handle. Agreed. A normal grind and not the uh, line on the handle, though. I don't like that line. but I, mean, I don't hate the line either, but I just think that the line would look better if it didn't go past the pins. Like, it was only between the yeah, pins. Yeah, that looks a little weird. Yeah, I, I think that that would yeah. actually look pretty decent um, if the line stopped from pin to pin, and then the blade was uh, just a full flat or something, or just a flat with a swedge. That would look dope. Mm-hmm. I honestly wonder if Wee does these designs and they're just like, okay, like okay, kind of like the Blackout. They're like, okay, let's take this design, we're gonna make it, it's gonna look okay, and then we're just gonna kind of mess it up just a little bit. So we'll add cool. a backlock, or we'll add a compound grind, or. So- this um, this knife is designed by uh, this guy named Tony Tietzel, is how I think it's, that it's, is pronounced. It's Tetzel, like pretzel. <laughs> Tetzel? Okay. Uh, I just Tetzel. made that up. It's I'm spelled. Just saying. <laughs> okay. It's T I E T Z E L is how it's spelled. Um, Tietzel. He's, uh, Tietzel. So he, uh, I guess he's uh, TNT Knives on Instagram. Um, he. I mean, I can't find anything else of it. I, the only thing, other thing I found of him is a Boker TNT Hunter fixed blade. Mm. Which, um, I don't know. It looks kind of similar in like design language, I think. So I'm looking at his other knives on Instagram after you told me that, and mm. they look normal. So <laughs> he wanted to go all in on this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks. Yeah, that's where I was trying to get at. Is it's not got this crazy I like it. compound. I think it's. It's cool. I probably wouldn't personally pick it up, but it's definitely it's something unique. different. It's better than all the rest they've showed this us is, so far. So, this is something you'll like if you like that ZT with the hidden flipper tab. Oh, those zero five five. <laughs> yeah, 
the GTC one. Yeah. 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 So what I don't get though is, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't see the point of compound grinds as it is. I know there's a reason behind them, but I don't like them. But on a fixed blade, oh, that's a fixed blade. I just barely noticed that. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, never mind. It's not cool. So, do, do you do you stick with your previous statement? Okay. <laughs> I am blind. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I've been looking yeah, at this for five blade. minutes. Um, it's a fixed blade. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a fixed blade. It comes with the black Kydex sheath. Um, it does have a clip. Oh wait, that's on the, sh- the sheath. Duh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. No, I was uh, about to say. Oh yeah, I know. Um, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a cool knife. It's kind of bigger, uh, 8.76 inches in overall blade, um, overall length and then blade length of 4.15 inches. So if you squint and look at it, it <laughs> yeah, looks with better. No brown, huh? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that's, uh, it's smaller than the folder. That that's kind of yeah. weird. <clears throat> Both of the folders yeah. are bigger than that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, so what's next? What's this next one? Some more Civivis. Um, I think it's, it's just a random Civivi. I, I'm not that hyped about it, so I put it last. And I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> it looks kind of boring. Um, so yeah. there's some new Civivis. Uh, don't know what they're called. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Yep. All right, listen, guys, just buy the backlog. Yeah, okay? Nothing else matters. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Skip, skip this the, one. That backlog is so hot. It. Like. Well, there's some new Civivis coming out, but we can't really find any There's no name on their Instagram. It literally just says new from Civivi. Yeah. Entertaining. Okay. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold up, guys. Um, Looking at the picture on Instagram, it looks like those two on the left might be my Carta. No. That's nice. Are they? I could be wrong uh, if you want to no, double I mean, check. It could, it. It could uh, be because, I mean, the, the back Oh, they do look like my Carta. Can you zoom in on it? Oh, I care about this like nine times more since it's my card. Well, I still probably won't get the it. The reason but. that's cool is because I think that the um, the Chinese companies can do my card cheaper. <laughs> like Chai Carter. Yeah, they're just able <laughs> Chai Carter. So, I mean, do you see that Damascus yeah. my card? Um, that that stuff's pretty cool. Well, I, it's on the what? knife I made no, for I uh, Jim. Hold on, let me see if I can hmm. find it. That's cool. But uh, well, um, we're we should start banging through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, we've been kind of no, so. Do a next, four hour uh, <laughs> one more thing, actually. Um, I just posted this in the. We didn't have this in our document. I found this as well. It's a Ferrum Forge Civivi. I just want to get you guys like, looks like a void. quick thoughts on it. Yeah, just uh, post it. Looks where good. It? I like Wait, where it. it. I like it better than the Wii. It's in the like Discord it. chat. I'm sure it's gonna be a good price. Yeah, it looks I like good. it. I looks good. It, um, I'm not yeah. sure what. That's not it, bad. It looks like a mini yeah. archbishop or something. Like a functional yeah. hole. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best I can describe it to the viewers. Is it? Yeah, a functional hole mini archbishop looking thing. Oh, you know uh, what's overrated? G10, I think, handle. You know what's overrated? <laughs> what's, what's, what's overrated? Finger choils. <laughs> Big finger choils um, on small knives that already have small blades. Give me less than I that. actually... I prefer larger finger choils. Uh, a lot of smaller ones don't do it for me. Like the one on the PM2 and PM3 is too small for oh, me. Oh no! I mean, I either commit or don't do it at all. Um, but I prefer don't do it. At oh, all. oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't don't well, don't yeah. make don't make like a little yeah, like a useless yep. finger choil. Then it's just a sharpening choil. Yeah, just wasting blade space. Um. So let's let's blast through these next ones. Holt haptic. Ugh. Boring. Um. <laughs> Personally, yeah. I c- I don't have. I wouldn't mind trying one, but, but I don't really care about it. A little bit. I think they did. I could be wrong, though. 
Um, I don't know. Holt, for some reason, doesn't have much information of it yeah. on their website. The only thing they, they have really is it says steel hardened to 61C with cryogenic treatment. Is um, But I like it. Even though it's just another flipper. Oh, is that? Did he just post the yeah. haptic? Oh, I see. Yeah, right, he did. Let's see it. Um, it looks. Uh, oh, okay. I like the blade. Okay. I think cool. I like it better it's, than the Spectre. I do like the. I like the handle better than the Spectre. That whatever pattern it's called, I like that. Yeah. It's neat. Can't wait. Yeah, exactly. To see it I can't wait scalped. to see it for twenty-two hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> basically. Yep. Um, so next thing, speaking of Holt, uh, Spectre what? stolen. So yes, they had a Spectre. Wait, that's so much cooler than Spectre. I think it's a lot cooler. Yeah, that's so much cooler with the swipe. I like I like the blade shape. Yeah, yeah. no, that's hot. That's haptic. hot. Good job, Spectre. Uh, Holt. Good job. <laughs> um, Spectre stolen. So they had a Spectre stolen from them. Yes, yes. Uh, there was a post on Reddit, and I think it might have been multiple, but I know for sure one was stolen. Basically, a guy paid for it, and right as he paid for it, some other person walked off with his Spectre and the COA. Mm, this is at Blade Show. Yes. Right? Um, oh, and, wow. You know, the interesting thing to me is the fact that this doesn't happen more often because, I mean, as sad as it is to say, there's a lot of people who aren't that good. And, I mean, like, if, if you're willing to scalp $1,000 off someone, right, like, you know, yeah. there's plenty of people who are willing to steal, and there's no security oh, yeah, exactly. or anything like that. Like, you walk yeah. up to it. And it's like a chaotic environment. Right. It's, it's you crazy. Know. You know, you walk into the, you know, and, you know, I think in one of my very first, uh, in one of the very first podcasts on the Knife Nuts podcast, uh, Brian was talking about how at his first show it was so overwhelming because people are just grabbing his knives. Mm. Like he's just like you know like who took what what what's what's exactly. going where right like right. you have you have no idea what's happening. You don't know these people. And you so, can't trust them with thousand dollar knives. Like right and like people yeah. are just like you know like putting them in their pocket. Like seeing oh is the clip retention good? <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? Like so, it's, it's just I don't know. It's just it's surprising it yeah. doesn't happen more. Is what you're trying? Yeah. To say. Well, I I think yeah. that it's surprising it doesn't happen more, and there should be precautions taken to prevent this kind of stuff from happening. Yeah. I mean, I maybe I'm a little biased because my parents literally work in security. Um, like so, like uh-huh. you know, like you know, when you try to steal stuff and it beeps and whatever and all that kind of stuff, like tags and all that labels. My parents do that, and so for me, I'm just like I look at this kind of environment and I'm like, how is more theft not <laughs> happening? <laughs> Why? Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, a lot of people just kind of, uh, it might, you know, it could very well be that, um, it's more common than we think it is. And we just default to truth. And then we think that it doesn't happen. I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, I think it definitely, Maybe. um, if, if it happened, more makers would report it, right? They'd be like, oh, this got stolen. Yeah. Or this got stolen. Cause they know exactly what they brought. Exactly. The so, mm-hmm. yeah. So I just think that people are just, I guess, you know, pretty good, I guess, yeah, in general, I think it, in the knife community. Yeah, we're right? generally like, trustworthy people, I feel like, because we know yeah, everything costs a lot of money in this community. No one wants to lose any of your knives, of course, you know. <clears throat> exactly. Right. It's yeah. just, it's just uh, the, the few bad people who Ruin it for everyone else. will yeah. do that. Yeah. Like everything else in yeah. life. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. 
<laughs> well, there's always there's always yep. one person, <laughs> you know, that ruins it for everyone. Now, um, how about this so, next one? The ZT Anzo yeah. collaboration, a double detent slip joint, the ZT0230. What about that? There is, I prefer the EWC. This is not something that appeals to me personally. There is someone but. on the Discord um, who asked me about this one, and I said it looked like <laughs> a butter knife. Kind of. It's a Monte yeah, Carlo uh, Anzo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think that the the silhouette of the knife is actually very appealing. There's no reason why this couldn't have been a front flipper, like uh, like the same style as the EWC, like a double detent slippy front flipper. That would have been pretty mm. cool. Um, um, as a nail nick double detent. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not super interested in it. It. I don't know MSRPs for two twenty five. Come on, I mean, so I have my. I, we'll have to see. Well, you know, I, like dealers dealers cut, um, you know, prices on that, so that'll be lower. At, yeah, I think retail is one eighty on it, but it's, yeah, it still seems a little know. high to still, me personally. But I mean, it's know. twenty CVs, um, carbon fiber handle both sides. Uh, so I so mean, I don't there know. is one interesting thing I need to give them credit for though. Um, so when I look at my EWC, the first thing I tried to do is I tried to treat it like a slip joint with a nail nick. So I pretended there was a nail nick and I opened and closed it. And the whole time I thought to myself, you know, this wouldn't be that bad if the detent was a little bit stronger so that the, the you know, so it felt more like a traditional, you know, when you're opening and closing, you know, they yeah. have that resistance from the lock bar. Um, mm -hmm. Well, what they did is if you notice, there's actually two lock bars. The EWC only has one. Because it's supposed to be like for a quick flipping, opening, and closing. Um, the ZT yeah. actually has two, so it actually does work better um, as a nail nick opening with that. Like it'll feel closer to a, like a real slip joint. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of cool, I guess. Like I, it's, it's not for me, but I understand what they were going for. And I think that they yeah. will manage to achieve that with that kind of design. Um, just not for me. As a, as a gentleman's carry, this is a good knife, I think. Yeah. It, like it reminds me of, um, but, you know, it reminds me a little bit of the Spyderco Terzula Slip It. Um, I tried one of those recently, and it's it's kind of like I believe it's the same like double detent thing. Um, it felt unique. It was it was very different. It had a half stop. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was it was a kind of cool thing. Uh, but even that has the thumb opener. I don't know how I feel about. I just don't like nail nicks personally. But it's it's a different design from them. Yeah. They're trying. It's it is, yeah. That's a good point. It's a very different design to see um, from ZT. So there, there's only one nail nick in the world that I will accept, and that's the Manandi. Yeah, Manandi is too classic. Everything that's else... the most ultimate gentleman carry right there. Yeah, everything else, I'm like, yeah. get, get get this nail nick yeah. away from me, please. Just just get it away from me. <laughs> most of them are awful too. So yeah, like the finishing on them is just. Oh yeah. yeah. They're yeah, they're not for me. I've I've never cared for nail nicks so. I don't know. It's this is something I'm not very interested in. I respect in, him. But, I respect you know. them trying something uh, new. I respect it. Yeah. I, I, I this will be for someone yeah. definitely. Yeah. I so. you know it's ZT does need to take this step. Like it is an important mm. step for them because they've been doing the tactical overbuilt crap for way too long. Um, it's getting yeah. old, yeah. <laughs> honestly, you know. I, I like their their fit and finish is pretty good. Um their their actions are pretty good from the ZTs that I've tried. But the designs, they just do that one thing kind of over and over and over in a few different sizes, and that's it. Uh huh. Now, what about this knife? The Riat Prototype. It's it amazing. looks like. I love this. I love it so much. It looks cool. <laughs> I personally, yeah, I, I prefer too. the thumb stud. Thumb stud or flipper? Yeah, that's the question. Thumb, thumb stud, stud or flipper? 
Um, I'm stud, yeah. I don't know. I like them both. <laughs> I, the flipper ruins the aesthetics to me. This is completely subjective. Um, I prefer my thumb studs to not have like a specific shape like that. Like just be like, you know, a traditional thumb stud. Uh, I just prefer that. But um, aside from that, I really do like the profile of the design. Some people have pointed out it looks somewhat similar in silhouette to like the Kone, uh, the Koenig Airbus <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and other. It does. <laughs> yeah. And so knives like that. And that's not a bad profile to be similar to. Like that is a good looking no, profile. No. So. No, yeah, you're exactly right. The grind right. looks pretty decent, look too. Like um, Just from pictures, mm-hmm. I can't see. Yeah, it looks, it looks solid. It looks cool. I, what is the handle? Micarta. Is it like, uh, Micarta and titanium. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting... like That inlay looks very intricate. It's, yeah, it's so. a weird, crazy inlay. I, I dig that a lot. I really hope they good, do it in some more attractive colors. Like about it to me. Now, I just need to know, yeah. what is the price yeah. going to be? Please, probably like three, oh, it's gonna be, three uh, please, three forty. It's gonna be high. Yeah, probably three, probably three fifty yeah, or so. Crazy. Yeah, there. I know, but something crazy. I might, I might pay it this time. Looks pretty good. Now, um, speaking of so, stuff, I'm willing to pay for. So we're done with Blade Show West. Uh, there are some other stuff at Blade Show West that we might have missed, but we definitely want to talk more about uh, this next piece of news, which is the Quiet Carry in Banax heat treated to sixty Rockwell by Peters at around three hundred dollars. That's, That's a pretty good price. exciting. Yeah, I wish the design were better, but I, I I really commend them for going that extra mile to state the HRC, which some companies do, but also who it's heat treated by. Uh, Peters is a really well known name in the community, and they're trusted. Uh, Brian, you obviously mm-hmm. you know use them, um, and Vanex is a really really cool steel that I think needs to get out more. So this this is really cool. I've never I'm, tried Vanex, so I don't I I just don't I don't know. <laughs> Um, I hear good things. That's the one thing our Discord's been saying lately is if it has Vanex, they're hyped about it. Yeah, um, that's that's so Vanex is one of those interesting steals where it sort of breaks that um, equilibrium, I guess, where people say you know you either have uh, hard, like you either have wear resistance, toughness, or corrosion resistance. You can't have like excellence in all three because you have to give up one mm-hmm. of the and that's actually not true it's you have those three categories and the fourth category that people don't talk about is price um nowadays <laughs> you can sacrifice price in other words you can pay more to have better in the other three um so for example mm-hmm. vanax will outperform hcr 13 mov in literally every category by a lot right it'll be way more corrosion resistant yeah. way tougher and have way more uh, wear resistance so, you know, it is just you pay more. <laughs> you pay a lot more. So, yeah. So, now what makes this knife interesting is it's $300. We have to assume that, you know, just the blade and the heat treat itself is a substantial portion of that. So, um, that's pretty cool, I think. Um, I'm hoping that a lot of the price comes from the fact that you have to grind slower. Like, I hope they know that, that, you know, if you grind as, if you grind as quickly as you grind other steels, you will overheat it. Like, it just heats up so yeah, fast. Yeah, it'll ruin that heat treat. So, but I'm, I'm optimistic for it. I'm definitely, like, if, if I have the money at the time, I will grab one. Like, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm definitely interested in it. It's probably not something I would buy personally, but I can definitely see why other people are very excited for it. Same. I, w- I would really love to see this in future designs from them. Um, a lot of their designs really appeal to me. This one, not so much. Yeah. But I'm very excited idea. about the Oh, blade. man. Yeah. Could you imagine the the Quiet Carry, uh, what's that one? IQ. Yeah, the IQ in Vanax. Yeah. 
I would buy it instantly. Well, they, they use Elmax yeah. for that yeah, already, it's right? It's good. It's good, but I'm just saying. You know. It's a, it's it's a, which is an okay steal, yeah. but if they did this, oh yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd buy it immediately. So the next thing on our list is the Koenig Mini Arius. I mean, I don't know that there's much to say for this other than I'm happy for it. It's a cool knife, and now it's smaller. <laughs> It'll sell insanely well. I'm I'm positive. Oh, yeah. The thing you is, know. yep. Kind of, kind of an alternate version to the mini goblin. Well, it's probably a little bit bigger With than the, the mini areas. Yeah, I think someone said yeah. that's gonna be three inch blade, four inch handle. So I think that's. I think the mini goblin's a three and a quarter. That's not blade. too bad. I could be wrong though. I'm not sure. Oh, it's it's the mini goblin's I, gonna be larger. Yeah, I can't say for sure, but. Huh. Yeah, goblin's tiny. What the heck? For some reason, the for some reason I thought the mini goblin was smaller than that. Yeah, the goblin's real tiny. It says three inch blade. I don't know, it's about seven inches, same exact. So probably the same exact size, honestly. Yeah, I mean I'm I mean I'm excited for it. I don't Wait, are, you know, are we talking uh, about the mini areas? Yes. Okay, yes. sorry, I got a text. Um yeah. All I have to say about any mini version is like I mean cool. It's like another it's like a different size for people who need that <laughs> exactly. size. Like that design. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just good. Like just uh, have I mean, more sizes. It's... Like mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be one of those knives that I mean, I think the Arius is pretty well priced yeah, for what so. it is. So I mean, yeah, yeah, they so, could probably charge more for it, but yeah, they don't. So I think this is gonna be a good, uh, good buy for anyone that wants something a little bit smaller. Um, in that you know, that's also an Arius. So uh, next is the Berg Slim Micro. Ooh, this is my first time seeing it, and it is not bad. No, I'm really excited for it. I've been wanting a Berg for a while, and this is probably going to be the first one is I get. Is that a hollow grind? I believe so. I, it looks like fairly thick blade stock, so I'm, so I'm guessing it's a hollow grind. It's interesting looking. Um, you sound apprehensive about the design, that perfect design. <laughs> now, okay, what I will say is it looks nice open, but closed, it looks a little bulky. It's a little yeah, bit chunky. Sure. It's a little bit chunky. I like it. Um, yeah, it reminds me honestly of like the uh, Pilar a little bit. God, that's um, exactly what I was about to say. Yes, <laughs> it looks it, it looks a lot like the Pilar, the Chad but brother, like a huh? good version of it. <laughs> the Chad brother. It's it's definitely very cool looking. Um, I mean, I don't know, yeah, not I something I buy cool. personally, but it's cool. Um, very cleaver esque. Right? Now, see, yeah, this is sure. interesting because. Um, it sort of leads into our knife collecting topic of this episode, uh, which is how, mm-hmm. how do we collect and how do we see our own collections in terms of like how we categorize each knife. And the reason I think it connects is because, you know, a lot of the times we look at knives and we say, yeah, that's pretty cool, but not for me. Right. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. what is for you guys? Like what, you know, you know what I mean? Like, what do you consider like, oh yeah, that's for me when you see it as opposed to like, oh, it's mm-hmm. good, but not for me. Well, for me, it's got to be, um, I feel like I, gra- I, I gravitate towards kind of just, um, utilitarian looking knives, I feel like. I'm not sure if that's a good word for it, but I kind of gravitate towards these knives that look like the, 
the paramilitary to the Manix two and also like the ZT oh five six two um and the O eight oh one. Like those are just like the standard knives that I am like, yep, okay, that's what I'm gonna buy, you know. The the most out of my comfort zone knife that I've gotten recently was the Metamorph, and that's been kind of opening my eyes to different types of knives, you know, uh, specifically like front flippers. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like just bigger, bulkier knives are kind of more my thing. Um, like when I got the Capara, the Spider Capara, like I know a lot of people love that knife. I just really didn't care for it. It just really just did not fit in my hand very well. I felt like I almost dropped it a ton of times because it's something about it like and why I say I almost dropped it I'm talking about when I'm like um closing the compression lock and whatever um something about that knife it just really didn't do it for me in ter- in just terms of like carrying it and using it um so that's that's kind of how I feel like I collect you know that that's the stuff I look for when I'm collecting a knife or collecting more knives yeah I think a lot of take, people take that approach. For <laughs> so, me, it's a good approach though. Yeah. For me, I'm I kind of uh, we have a few roles here mentioned, like use case, like outdoors, EDC, safe queen stuff. I don't have any safe queens, um, but I like to have knives that fit into different roles. Um, so I have a lot of them. Um, I have some some super large, kind of beefy, tanky knives that I use when I know I'm going to be beating the crap out of it. Yep. And then if I know I'm going to be going somewhere that's a bit more dressy, I have some smaller stuff like the uh, Boker Urban Trapper Petite. I like kind of everything in that range. Um, however, the design has to be appealing to me. Um, so mm-hmm. generally more unique stuff. It has to work well ergonomically. And in most cases, it can't have a crappy blade steel. There's some exceptions, like I have the Victorinox Classic that I carry. Um, just because it's a really, really useful little tool, but the blade steel kind of sucks. But in general, I like to have something. I like to feel like I'm prepared for almost every knife-related situation there could be, yeah. um, in terms of size and uh, bulk and durability and stuff like that. Yeah, I always look for good blades. Still, I, I the worst steel I have is D2. So, that's... I think I have some, and yeah, like I mentioned, the the Victorinox. I have a case that's I don't know what the heck it is, probably crap. But I generally try to go um, S30V yeah. and up if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. for if I'm in the lower range, like 14C, 28 yeah. in or something like that, or 12C. You know, <laughs> something kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so Vex? I'm kind of in a collection crisis right now. Like, I at one point I was trying to collect all the different types of steel, and I've had a lot of different types of steels, you know. And at one point I was mm-hmm. really worried about the fit finish. I'm still am. It's not like I'm not worried about it anymore. But at this point, I'm worried about just the designer and the maker, honestly. Like, I would say I'm gravita- gravitating to more towards mid-techs, if you want to call them that. Like, Riots that are made from Tashi or Lambert or CKF that's made from Rosenti. Stuff like that, you know. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, my collection is still very varied from different types of knives. I have hard use knives. I have gentleman carry. I think I need to get rid of some because I don't carry them like I thought I would, you know? Yeah. yeah you have, have a lot of fancy knives. fancy knives. And that's yeah. the thing is like, you don't need <laughs> 10 fancy knives. Like, is it cool to have them? Yeah, it's cool. But 
you gotta you know weigh your options like how often do i even carry this and of course you're gonna like more knives than others you know and Mm -hmm. well yeah for something if it's like you know if i have a like a norseman in my pocket you know or if i had a norseman that was i never carried i'm like man that's a that's a eight hundred dollars and exactly like, right there <laughs> you know yeah just sitting and that's the thing is like when you have a whole bunch of so. if you have a huge collection that's a lot of sitting money there because i know for a fact most people with a lot of knives they aren't carrying every damn knife that's just facts and you might pull it out and play with it whatever mm-hmm. cool whatever but at the end of the day you can yep. maybe sell eight knives and buy a really nice one if that's what you want to do obviously or you could just Mm. pay off your bills like a normal person would <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know i'm just i'll try to cut down on my collection because like like i said i realize i don't carry a lot of my knives mm-hmm. yeah no that's understandable yeah um, that's, i mean that's that's interesting though in that you were talking about how you're the way you collect has evolved yeah. over time like at first you wanted to get all the different steels some people i know they want to try every single company right they want to get like one knife from every company so a benchmate a spider co a chris yeah. reed you know a zt just try them all out and then i think that those are all things that you do when you know you haven't exactly figured out what categories you care about yet like you're just figuring out like what do i like you know you're in that exploratory exactly. phase right yeah yeah, I, I think that's uh, and that's part of the cool part of collecting. Actually, I think is like you know just changing in that way what you exactly. care about. Exactly. So I can't really. That's why I kind of get mad at people for um, crapping on people that prefer certain things. It's like, dude, that's what they like, and you're not gonna persuade someone by being being in like a douche. You know, <laughs> like that's what they like. No, and generally, when people have found stuff that they like like that, they've already been through all of this, these other knives, you know, and they've narrowed it down to this exact type yeah, of knife they like you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now there are some exceptions um, obviously some people have only tried one type of knife and will swear only by yep. that knife for some that's reason very, that's that true way too often <laughs> <laughs> those are usually like company company fans. well like you'll see from, like you know strider people be like oh the thorburns yeah. are just overpriced junk like look at my strider <laughs> they can do this. but have you tried them though yeah you know yeah so uh brian what's your what, what how What's your collecting um, ideology? So my <laughs> <Brian> kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta kill them all. Um, no, so my, my collecting started off um, in much the same way where first I wanted to try every steel. That was priority number one. Um, I've always mm-hmm. been blade focused. Um, that's just always how I've been. I've always been like, okay, if I'm going to get a tool, it better do tool things. So um, steel was the first thing. I didn't know about HRC or BTE when I first started, obviously. So steel was the first thing that every beginner goes to, right? Um, then I went to companies because I was told different companies uh, do different steels like to different levels. Um, I didn't know what the levels meant, right? It meant HRC and geometry, but I didn't know what levels meant. I just knew that some were better than others. So I was like, I'll just try all the different companies. Um, so I, I tried knives. I, and this all of this was um, not really for collecting. It was just for experimenting and learning and then later on i would build a collection that was my thinking so i i did a lot of like i would i would get a knife and then i'd sort of like you know play with it a little bit lower the value for resale and then resell it (laughs) uh, because that's what happens right like if you want to test out a knife you like goodbye to like 30 percent of the value um (laughs) so whatever take that loss take it as a a, the cost of learning the cost of learning uh 
Unless you have a store near you where you can try out. Yeah, well, I mean, I need to, like, cut with it and stuff and be like, oh, how is it different? And, okay, well, yeah, that's yeah, fair. So, yeah, so I, I would do that. And then, yeah, so I, I, I'd pretty much never sell knives for A or anything, like an A-grade knife or anything on the swap. Everything would be used. So it would be, like, B or C or F. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like a rowdy. Yeah, or F. F for fixed blade. <laughs> uh, and so... Now what I've come to is um, I don't I don't do uh, different use categories at all anymore because mm-hmm. um, I, I used to do like a beater knife like a heavy duty knife you know things like that because um, what I realized is if I want knives for different purposes like that um, I can just make a fixed blade and by using it I am testing my own knives so that's important to me as a maker is I need to always be testing my knives making sure that they're good so a lot of the times I'm just using my own knives anyway. And so what I realized is yeah. the only time I need pocket knives is when I'm going out because I'm not going to carry a pocket knife when I'm out and about in LA, <laughs> right? Not going to carry, not going to carry a fixed blade into the bar. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so I that's so my pocket knives are exclusively for EDC, um, lightweight EDC mm-hmm. uh, gentlemen's carry usually. So that's all that that's all I carry my knives for. And so all of my knives um, fit that category to varying degrees. And so now what I look at in collections is. Um, which ones like bring me joy in different ways? That's how that's what it comes down to. So different opening mechanisms, yeah. different steels that are cool, uh, different blade shapes and designs. Like that's how I see collections and how I collect is like first, is it a gentleman's carry for EDC? Yes or no? And then if it's a yes, then I move on. Okay, is it a cool steel? Is it a good, you know, basic geometry that'll cut? And then I look at design. Do I like it or not aesthetically, you know, subjective? And yeah, and that's that's how I collect now. I think that's a pretty good, pretty yeah. good way to collect. I think. So you have it down to like a very refined category, and you mm-hmm. stick to that. Yes, I have well. one category. At least from what now. I've seen from yeah, your collection, one category, and yeah. you either fit that category or I'm not. You're not in my collection, and that's what allows me to say things like, you know, um, the Bergslin Micro. That looks like a good knife. I actually like how it looks, but I would never carry it in like a bar or something, right? Or like you know out and at the mall <laughs> like it's just not something i would carry at the mall you know compared to like something more pedestrian um so to me i wouldn't collect it but i would still be able to say i think it's exactly a good knife, right that's fair yeah that makes sense um so we should probably move on to the last topic which was uh, knife making, filling a niche. Yeah, so this is sort of related to the collecting topic. We're trying to make all the topics uh, sort of related. And so since the collecting topic was about how we as collectors like view knives and decide what deserves to be in our collection, um, the converse is as a knife maker, how do you fill a niche and provide someone something specific that they might like, you know? And um, And I'm not saying this is like a, teaching thing like these topics are not for me to be like oh this is how knife makers do this now this is just like i want to throw that out there as like what do you guys think in terms of how knife makers should go about doing that like finding their own niche companies you know how should they find their own niche and decide like this is what the company is going to be all about you know uh, personally i think that you've done actually a really good job of this brian and that um at least what what i think about when i think about your knives are I'm generally kitchen knives, but sometimes some other stuff too. But they're fixed blades that just cut really, really well. Um, exactly. They're, they're tools first. They also look really nice, and they're very affordable. 
but you're very much your collection uh, your collecting ethos has kind of blended over into your fix but you're making i think um and it's it's really intriguing to see that and again if i i know that if i like if i ever want to have a kitchen knife made i'm like i know who to go to it's it's you hands down because i've seen your stuff and it looks like it performs really well um you care a lot about blade geometry behind the edge thickness and the steel type and you'll even talk people out of more expensive steel sometimes if a lower end steel performs better for their use case and yep. it's really interesting you know all about the money which is pretty rare nowadays <laughs> yeah well and that's and you know but that is interesting is that um you know if you, when we look at companies because one of the things that i look at as a collector is there's not that many companies to choose from you know what i mean like we, we we're pretty limited nowadays in terms of like who's actually really quote unquote good mm-hmm. uh or like who really fits our needs and um i think it's interesting like what do you think let's say um you know you have like a perspective uh person who wants to start a knife company right like what do you think is a good niche that's available right now for that person to fill so oh gosh nowadays yeah, that's hard that's, good luck. Yeah, and if yeah. they are good good yeah. luck waiting um, right? 10 years you know <laughs> yeah exactly that's what yeah. i think is like i think if you can find a niche like you are just going to be the only person in that niche nowadays like and you just own it right like your the wait list becomes mm. like forever and as consumers it's hard to you know get anything from that person it's kind of interesting well i think if you're i think if you're kind of collecting moved on to knife making that like folding making that'd be interesting as well like a folding knife that could actually work for everyday carry that actually cut really well and then was versatile for you know whether it be food prep or breaking down cardboard and kind of everything in between um i think something small and lightweight that cut really really well would be interesting because a lot of the especially when you get into customs um, it's a lot of like really fancy stuff, high materials, but like you mentioned from the custom makers that you've had experiences with that shows, they're not, they don't care about the blade really. Yeah. And mm. you know, some do, but they're in like different categories of uh, knife, yeah. which is, which is, I think perfectly legitimate, right? Obviously, like it is perfectly legitimate to make a, uh, you know, 30 thou behind the edge thick knife. If it's for camping, for example, you know, or bushcraft. Right then, and then exactly. you should go thicker, right? Because that's the intended use. Um, is beating on shit. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think that um, I don't know. Like when I when I think about like filling a niche, I think that like a lot of uh, people, a lot of companies actually don't even know what niche they're supposed to fill anymore. And I think that ZT is a good example of that. Where you know what is this? What niche is this double slip joint or sorry double detent slip joint supposed to fill? It's definitely not the niche they were trying to fill before. It's not tactical, right? Yeah, not the not the heavy, crazy, hard use, built tough, strong. Right, or or even the like, slimmer, yeah. stabbier knives like the ZT 0405 yeah. uh, 2 and stuff like that, right? Like, it's not even that. Yeah. It's completely different. And so, part of me wonders if some companies are having an identity crisis right now. Like, they don't know what niche they can fill. I think. I think the only one that I haven't seen struggle a lot is Spyderco, and that's because their niche, in my opinion, yep. is weird designs. They're always doing new <laughs> yeah, stuff. Like, they they yeah. have some functional stuff for sure, but yeah, they're they're always always keeping us on our toes. You when you when you get the Spyderco catalog and you look at it, <laughs> exactly. there's no telling what's going to be in there. You know, it's probably going to have good ergonomics, but that's about the only a hole thing in the blade you can really and count weirdness. On. That's all you're expecting. <laughs> 
Bingo. Yep. That's a that's yep. a very good point to bring up. Yeah. I think that's a safe and good marketing strat, though. Like you know, to like that's a good niche, right? Like to, it's more flexible. Yeah. Because the problem with the, the ZT niche is that it wasn't bad. There was a phase in knife collecting where everyone wanted overbuilt, right? But you know, people move on. Yeah, several years ago. And so ago, I think yeah. companies also need to move on. And like, if they filled a, a, a niche very well before, they need to find a new one that they can occupy now that the market has changed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I, so, yeah, yeah. I I think I'm lucky because my collection, the way that I collect, is like that's what most <laughs> makers and companies seem to be, uh, you know, sort of gravitating toward. Towards. Yeah, it's like EDC, yeah. you know. Um, gentleman's carry kind of whatever that kind of stuff like just easy to carry easy to pocket like you know that stuff like mm-hmm. chunky blades yeah. and stuff aren't really popular anymore so yeah like Civivi's doing a really good job of that actually which is probably why they're so good at what they're doing um they're making generally smaller knives certainly lighter weight with pretty good grinds from what i've seen even though the steels really need to be changed in my opinion um they're doing deep carry pocket clips. They're keeping the price low and they're kind of getting people into that gentleman's carry at a decent price level. You, you know, yeah. what's interesting actually is uh, since you brought up Civivity doing so well, um, we does not seem to be really catching on design wise. No, they're struggling <laughs> and you can tell like you can, you can tell by the fact that they're going backwards <clears throat> in size. You have that 4.2 inch blade Right on the black 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 yeah yeah you have you have that huge over four inch blade on the bokao it's a lock back on a four inch blade with the thumb stud like ooh like I don't know I don't know what niche that's supposed to, like because that's what I think whenever I see a company release a new knife I don't think oh is that a good or bad knife to me I think oh what niche does that feel like is it good to yeah. someone right um, and then I think I'm sure someone will right. like it but it's not going to be most people for sure. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that's okay, yeah. you know. But I I think that uh, we is not really finding the right demographic to aim for <laughs> right now. Uh, I, yeah. I just don't know who that's for. Like, okay, is it supposed is it supposed to be a big beater? Then why is it S thirty five VN at sixty HRC? Like, is it supposed to be you know you know what I mean? Like the the steel and the blade shape and the size they don't match together. So it's just like I think they could really cash in if they offered. Not necessarily the exact same designs as Civivi, but like higher end versions of that of that demographic they're aiming for. If they could move their customers up from Civivi to Wii and be like, hey, we have very similar knives to this, just at higher end, you know, better materials, things like that. Mm-hmm. That could be a great marketing ploy for them, but they don't have that. They have good knives in Civivi and then you get up to Wii and it's like, this is very strange stuff. I don't know what to yeah. do here. You yeah. know what they, we need to do? Yeah. And also yeah. very expensive. That's what we need to do. Yeah, they need need to make a larger Wienar and a small Wienar. That's all they need to do. <laughs> Sell like hotcakes. Well, a lot of people I think are going to gravitate towards the, <laughs> yeah, the, the big the Wienar. Big who Wienar. Wants, yeah, who doesn't want um, one? That just see- <laughs> the overcompensated <laughs> yeah. Wienar. Okay, look at this. Look at this exactly. place. What happened to this? They do whatever they do with that. Ooh, what's yeah, that? They teased that finish a while ago. The glitter. Some. That's. A- <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Banks oh just gosh. showed us a weird uh, glitter finish on okay. a. Oh my not god! Kidding. That's what I'm saying. I, that's I cool. would buy that's those. Different. Oh, that's an integral. Yeah, I would buy good. them. That's a yeah. yeah. I would. I would buy the the rainbow one. They're cool. I like, I'd buy both like of them. Even Hell, with I don't the tight. care. That's what I look for. Like like 
it looked that the handle shape looks useful. It looks fairly ergonomic, but it has, well, I don't necessarily look for that exactly, but it has a lot of flair to it. You know, mm-hmm. it would stand out in your collection yeah. for sure. And if they did that, they could like realistically, if, if they came out with that and they were like, okay, yeah, it's four ninety nine, dollars 99 oh I don't care. That purple shade mm-hmm. though. I want that purple shade all throughout. Yeah. Yeah. We're look we're looking at this weird glitter, um, handle that we did it's like um a spectrum anodization so it's like different color shades throughout the handle yeah um like purple to blue it looks like they went for really really high voltages um for the green the green blue up to the blue and then kind of towards the tip you get towards the pink um, which is a super high anodization voltage um i really like it anno anno is hot anno is cool just just anno anno everything (laughs) but good colors (laughs) but good colors only um, Actually, I really like the colors I did the abstruse in. Um, it's like pink and gold. Yeah, that was good. I, 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 I like that. Yeah. Um, so I think now with uh, Anno Everything, I think that's a good spot to end this podcast. Um, unless you guys have anything else to add as um, a final note. Give me a Krukarda if you get one. Yeah, Please, give, I'm dying. <laughs> I, I'm legit trying for you, Vex. Um, they haven't canceled my pre-order yet. If thank you, if sir. I get it, you're the you're the first one. I'm gonna let yeah, out. I'll still take more do. donations <laughs> of Kukardas, even though if I get one still. I'm just kidding. <laughs> By the way, you know <laughs> yeah, you can exactly. flip it for like four hundred dollars. <laughs> I think just so people get to know us a little bit better, one thing we should mention is how we view certain uh certain because we definitely don't view all niches as equal. Yep. Right. Like, no. for ex- let me give an example. Like most most of us, I actually personally don't care, but most of us think that safe queens are like sort of a less legitimate niche. So if you're a maker who's only making safe queens, you know, and you know that your knives are never going to get used, so you don't care that much about geometry and stuff like that, because obviously the people who buy them are going to use them. It's like some sometimes we don't like that as much. Um, that's definitely something I, I noticed for myself at least, where I'm like. I always want to see people making things with the intention of them being used. Exactly. I can see it from a, from a purely art perspective. If that's your collecting, you, you like the artistic element of knives, you couldn't care less about when they're on it cuts. I can totally see that. I can respect mm-hmm. that. It isn't something I will never, ever do. I like, like even this rainbow glitter knife. I love it to death. You have no idea how much I want this, but if it didn't work, I don't want it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If it's like quarter inch thick blade stock with a full flat grind, I'm not going to use it ever. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't buy it. With the it, SE thickness, but... 60,000 yeah. on the edge. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> a bushcrafting rainbow knife. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think this is a good place to stop, though. Yep. We're going on about an hour and 22 minutes. So, it's been a, a great podcast. Um, you. You can find us uh, in the Knife Club Discord. If you go onto the old uh, Reddit r slash Knife Club on the sidebar, you can find our Discord link and you can talk to all of us there. Um, You can also uh, find all of our links to our Instagram and YouTube channels and whatnot in the description below on YouTube. And you can email us your questions at behindtheedgepod at gmail.com. So uh, thanks, guys. Uh, Really appreciate it. And we'll see you again next week. All right. See you guys.